Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. It has been a bit, to say the least. I didn't even look how far back it's been when was the last time we had uh, a podcast. We did the one right after the uh, the All-Star, the softball the base. baseball All-Star games. Yeah. Was that it? That so, was it? Yeah. early July? Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's, let's, let's even just look it up real quick, and then we... And the spinners are still... It's been, like, late? Half. Yeah. Spinners were still playing. So it's been at least a month, according to uh, our our podcast website. You know what? I should just check in there and see where we're sitting because this is. It has been. It has been a bit. It has been a bit since we have. It's been like two months, probably pretty close. I would say. I'm. I'm. It feels that way because I mean there were so many of us on vac- vacation and doing things, and then. With the fall, the fall sports tab that we had to put out, which for those uh, just came out uh, on Sunday, make sure you go check that out and check out a, a couple of the um, errors that we made uh, in the captions. So a uh, big shout out to uh, Josh Vermilia, head coach of the uh, Buckley Boys uh, soccer team. We <laughs> love you, Josh. You're awesome. You're great. Uh, I got a text from John Vermilia. His name's John. And he's like, who's Josh? And he was just looking at that, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It was like one of those things where my tired eyes just, like, saw J-O, and then the H was there, and I, my brain just assumed that it was John. Mm-hmm. And so, it, so um, yeah, if you, if you see John Vermilia around, feel free to call him Josh. Um, I'm sure he's, he oh, seems man. to be taking it in stride and isn't that upset about it. He just wanted me to know about it, <laughs> and I do know about it. And uh, there are a couple other uh, corrections as well that will be running in the print uh, edition of the uh, August 23rd edition of the Traverse City Record Eagle on page A2. So we made some mistakes in there, but it's still overall a really good product. Go in there, check it out. And uh, a lot of what we'll be talking about here on, on this show is stuff you can find in the in the fall sports uh, special section and things that you won't find in there as well, kind of, you know, more our analysis. And, and that's the great thing about this podcast is we get to give opinions. And I put those in quotes because, like, it's no one here has ever really thrown out a hot take unless you're Jake Atnip and getting in trouble <laughs> with. What was that? Who, who did you get in? Cadillac football? Is that who we got in trouble with? Yeah, that was for a column that yeah. wrote. Yeah. Well, <coughs> well you know, there's, there's Jalen Rogers. I mean that wasn't a hot take. That, that was just a, that either. was just that a was debate just between me and Brett and who yeah. we felt was the bas- boys basketball player of the year. I felt that it was Jalen Rogers and he felt that it was Cade Peterson and others felt there was a case to be made. There were <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a contingent on on both sides that was uh pretty pretty upset. <laughs> So, yes, the last episode of the Get Around was published on July 5th. So we wow. have been out now for the better part of a month and a half. Yeah. And, one, it was nice to have a break. Uh, we were able to work on all those things that we needed to. We were able to take time off of work, which mm-hmm. is very nice in the summer after we bust our humps through the fall sports season, the winter sports season, and the spring sports season, which uh, is, uh, it, it's, it's a slag, man. It, it's tough to, to get through. So uh, we certainly were happy to have that time off and then come back and jump in with the, the fall sports tab. And like I said, make sure you check that out on in Sunday's paper. If you haven't gotten one of those, you should still be able to pick them up in one of the kiosks or whatever the little newspaper things are around town. I don't know how many more of those we have left. Maybe there's just the ones in front of the Traverse City Record Eagle uh, building here on 120 West Front Street in downtown Traverse City. You can stop in and uh, pick up one of those there as well. I think it's, what, is, what do our Sunday newspapers cost? Two bucks? It's three bucks? A buck 75? Or oh, buck yeah. 75. Two bucks or oh, look at that. Like I mean, what a, it's a deal. Yeah. What a, what a steal. You, get, you can come in and get old back editions for face value. So I haven't even introduced us. I must be that rusty. We're a couple minutes into well, this understand- podcast. It's understandable, yeah. man. We're, we're a couple yeah, of yeah, we're a couple <coughs> minutes into this <coughs> podcast, and like no one even knows who's talking. Well, I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, <laughs> sports editor of the Traverse City Record Eagle. Alongside me is senior sports reporter, veteran reporter, gritty, down to earth, salt of the earth, sounding gritty. more sounding more gritty reporter. with a sinus infection. 
James Cook is with us and our new sports reporter, still new, still a rook, still yes, learning the ropes. Yes, He's about to get a crash course in prep roundups this week when he has to do three of them. We'll see how it goes. He, he looks like he's kind of excited slash nervous. But I, I think he's gonna think he's gonna do all right. Uh, that is uh, Jordan Puente, all the way here from Los Angeles. Are you? You're a California you boy. Southern California. So he's uh, a SoCal boy. Just uh, uh, the audience from SoCal. SoCal to No My. That's where he's at right now. Southern <laughs> California to Northern Michigan, and we are of course brought to you by. I think we still are. I, I don't I know. I've heard no different. Yeah, I haven't heard any different. So we'll. See, we'll you know, hopefully they're still paying for it, Jimmy. If Jimmy or John is not paying for our, our my incredible reads of their uh, of their food establishments, Sandwiches. then they're just getting free free ad space right now. But yes, we are brought to you by Jimmy John's, which has two locations in blood. Traverse City. Jimmy John's makes subs that are freaky fresh, and they do it in a way that is freaky fast because they're Jimmy John's. Yeah, freaky. Yeah, nice plug. All right. All right, so let's move on. Uh, what we've got coming up uh, on this episode of the Get Around Podcast, we're going to do a little fall sports preview, go through uh, some of the sports that are big here in the northern Michigan area and some of the questions that we have regarding those. We're also going to kind of break down some of the things that are going on this week, the first, like, real full week of sports. We get everything because football starts on Thursday. We've had some soccer games. We've had some golf. We've had some cross-country meets. We've had... Uh, a little bit of volleyball here and there. We've had some swimming. Uh, we've had some cross country. I think I may have said that already, but we've we're getting going. But we're back. this week we're back. brings in football. All right, so let's get things started with uh, football, since that is what's coming back, and that is obviously. And you know, I'm not trying to put down the other sports, but of the fall sports, that is the one that gets the most hype, most attention, and so we'll give it the most hype. Attention. I'm excited. Um, what teams are we looking at here that have the the best shot at a state title? I, I we look at we had two teams make it to the state championship game last year in Traverse City Central, doing that for the first time in 33 years. We had Sutton's Bay uh, getting back to the eight man uh, final for the third consecutive year. Can they do it a fourth time? Uh, that's the question. And I'm curious to know, you know, some of the favorites that you guys see out there. Is there a team to surprise? Um, and what of what of St. Francis, your perennial powerhouse contender, uh, at least among area teams? James, you've been following them for quite a while. Uh, wrote the preview on them last week. They added a huge trio of games to their schedule. What does the 2022 season look like for the Glads? I, I think that the the schedule is something that is telling. That you're beefing up your schedule that much. This tells me, you know, these are not teams that they play a lot. So it's not like they're just like talking to old friends and say, hey, well, why don't we play next year? I think this tells me that they think they're going to be really good this year. And they need to be prepared for the playoffs. They... Went through their schedule last year, pretty much run roughshod over everybody, and then by the time they got to that semifinal against Puama Westphalia and finally got into a, a game that was competitive, had a few errors late in the game that changed that game that they that they felt that they should have won. Um, so bringing in these three schools who've been in 12 state semifinals, in the last decade between the three of them? Yes. De- and won, like, what, four titles? Detroit Country Day. Mm-hmm. Detroit Country Day, a Division Four team. Right. Who won, they've won three Division Four state titles. <coughs> Coming to play a Division Seven team on the road on a Saturday afternoon. What? Flint a- Beecher. Right. Who uh, went to a semifinal a few years ago. And Jackson Lumen Christie, who's another perennial Division Seven. Powerhouse, just like St. Francis, like they are, like almost carbon copies. I honestly extent. expected. I'm like you were. You were telling me, I'm like, do they put Ithaca on there too? Because <laughs> Ithaca is that team that every every single year they're the, the you mm-hmm. know, they're the Yellow Jackets are a powerhouse down there. What are we looking at as far as uh, Traverse City Central? First time in 33 years that they made it 
to the state championship game. It was a, a huge deal, but they lost so much, uh, especially in their quarterback, their leader, Josh Burnham. I was in that scrimmage the other day that Jordan was at with, with Cadillac and Trevor C. St. Francis at Thurley Field. Oh, yeah. um, I was pleasantly surprised with Traverse City Central. I, I thought that having lost that much from that team, um, you know, I mean, we know they've got Reed Seabase and we've got they've got Josh Klug back. Those are two huge pieces. I mean, to have your starting running back and your and a guy who has experience playing a, a lot of quarterback for you because he they they put him into the game to give Burnham some breaks and everything. So he played a decent amount of quarterback last year. Those are two good building blocks for him. But losing the entire offensive line, losing basically all their wide receivers, losing Burnham on defense, Carson Bordeaux on defense, Dante Williams on defense, you know, Caden, those offensive linemen, several of them, four of the five played on defense. So they lost their defensive line too. Yeah, and Bordeaux was probably one of the best DBs in Northern Michigan. Probably the best DB in, in Northern Michigan last season. I would say so. Yeah, I mean, he was locked down. And I, I, I don't remember how many interceptions he finished with, but he probably should have had five or six more wow. based on the, just the couple of games that I was at. And he had, I mean, they were in his hand, and it was one of those where he would oh. just grab his helmet and go, I cannot believe I missed that. Oh. Yeah, and he would have, in a traditional game, he would have probably had a lot more too, but teams intentionally stayed away from him. <laughs> yeah, but he and and he was a ball hawk. Like he they just game planned. It. They game planned on defense, Carson Bordeaux and Josh Burnham. Wow. And then they both still made plays. The other team uh, that we had in the eight-man final last year was Sutton's Bay, and from what I'm hearing from inside the team, and maybe this is them creating bulletin board material to have an us against the the world mentality, and maybe that is something that Sutton's Bay needs this year, but. You know, I heard from a couple of players that there are people out there who don't think that this team is going to be as good as team last year, or the team before, or the team before. Those last three squads that made it to uh, the the championship game. Quarterback uh, Dylan Barnowski, uh, left-hander, he has been at all three of their championship game losses. He didn't play as a freshman. He played a little bit as a sophomore, and, of course, he was the quarterback last year. He's back for his senior year, which is huge. When I talked to Charlie Peterson uh, for our Male Athlete of the Year uh, for last year, I talked to him, and I the, the big question was, what was the difference between your junior and your senior year as quarterback and how valuable was it to be a quarterback as a junior going into your senior year and it's monstrous because he's like Charlie said he's like I I was I know I was supposed to be a leader and and Dylan said the same thing they both kind of said I you know I knew as the quarterback I was supposed to be the leader but I was a junior and it felt like it was the seniors team still uh-huh. now it's Barnowski's team Right, it's him and Sean mm-hmm. Bramer, the two big seniors coming back. It's it's their team, and he just seems. When I talked to him at camp, he seemed so different from the Dylan Barnowski that I talked to last season. How so? Just the confidence, like he was he was confident, he was loose, he was. It was I'm so happy to be here. I'm ready to go. We are doing this again, and we're going to get that bad taste out of Sutton's Bay mouth, mouth that has been there for the last three years. What has held him back? Because you guys, I mean, I don't think it was anything that was. I don't think it was anything that was holding him back. I I think it was just experience. He comes in and he's established now. He is established as their as the quarterback. He is established as the leader. They look to him and Garrick Opie, head coach Garrick Opie, said to me, he's like he had that conversation with them and said, listen. For the first three years that you've been here, you've had guys that you got to look up to. Now you need to be the guy that everybody else looks up to. That's a huge thing. And he not only seemed to embrace that and relish it, but he was like, hell yeah. Now it is my time, and now I can do it. And that's what has me really intrigued about that program. Because if there is doubt from the outside, maybe it's warranted. Maybe they look at it and go, well, we don't have the same weapons that we had. 
Opie said, yeah, we don't. They lost, I think, six of their eight starters on defense. or No, seven of their eight starters uh, on, on defense. That's a lot when it comes to eight-man football. That's, yeah, I, don't like know, I don't know seven out of eight, but I think it's like, what, 87%, something along that. Yeah, I, I can't like do quick math in my head, but it's, yeah. but it's a lot. Uh, I'm really curious to see what they do. I, I know that uh, Garrick runs a great program out in Sutton's Bay, and I'm just expecting success from them. Yeah, I think so, too. I think one thing that helped them, that probably helped some of that confidence, a, a year of having done it, of been the, being the starting quarterback. He comes into camp not just completely learning the offense and knowing it and everything like that, but I think that No, he that can run, teach it now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. But that run, I think, to the basketball state final or state semifinals, had to help their confidence tremendously. I mean, just with him and Bramer and the other guys that were on that team. Now that, it's become that had to have been yeah, because now it's become an expectation. But I don't get from anyone there that it's one that's taken for granted. They don't. They expect to get there, but they don't expect it to be handed to them. And that's what I like about that team. Mm-hmm. So, other interesting teams that we we have out there. Um, I, I am really. Curious to see uh, how Misik is going to do with uh, Colton Eckler uh, at the running back. Jordan, I know that you had a chance to get out to Misik and uh, talk to uh, Brian Mumby, the new head coach there. What are you feeling about the Bulldogs in uh, this year playing eight-man? Honestly, I think from what I, like conversations I've had with them, he seems very like enthusiastic about like going to this season, despite um, they lost one, their other running back as well. But it's Colton. I mean, Colton. He, he worked out in the off season. He did a lot to help his team. He feels a lot more in tune because last season he was out due to eligibility, like of the eligibility for transferring to his school. But no, he seems he seems he understands what's happening at music. Music seems pretty upbeat that they're ready to challenge other schools. At least from Mumby's standpoint, because he's been there for the past two seasons, it's now his team. Like he know he he has a control on his team and it seemed like that from the get go from when I was there. And it's an athletic kid in a system in a, or in a game, eight player oh, yeah. that's built for offense. Yeah. Spread out and uh-huh. and go. And I think And it fits him because that's the because t- he told me I was like I asked him, I was like, what was the difference between last season and this season? He's like, more playing time. I was like, okay, well, obviously a lot of guys w- would want that, but for him, he actually gets that, and he gets to do it in an offense where it's kind of like built for a running back, which is why Misik was so dominating last season with the one game. But, yeah. It, other than that, um, team looks solid, team looks good, team looks ready to perform, and I think they – they know what they have ahead of them, and they're just ready to get to work, to be honest. So. And we get a Week 8 matchup between Misik and Sutton's Bay. Exactly. So that'll, exactly. Be, that'll be an interesting game oh, yeah. uh, for us to watch. Uh, any other teams out there that kind of piqued your interest in terms of uh, football squads out there? I, I'm, I know that Grayling is going to be... Uh, yeah. An interesting one uh, to watch, Cadillac uh, as well. Um, got Cadillac will be interesting. I mean, there is a new coach. He's, and I will say that the new coach, he seems his offense is going, I think his offense is going to take some time, but the players seem to have gotten it as the scrimmage went on. Like There, there were some plays that were like, oh, wow, that was really cool. Because coming from the offense that they ran last season, which was a lot of running, a lot of running, they switched it to a more spread out. We're going to use the quarterback consistently. Um, they were even rotating guys, but they already had their quarterback. They already set with it. <clears throat> they just they wanted to get everyone better. They're, they're not about, well, let's get one guy better. They're all about, let's get the entire team better so we can perform at the best of our ability, especially for a whole new offense, too. It takes a while for some people to learn it, depending on how their learning ability, like able to take that much information in. And it seems like they're, they're able to do that, just from what the coach was telling me. Yeah, and he's a seems like a pretty intense, focused guy. Oh yeah, he's so during focused. once once the game starts, he he's a pretty intense guy. And and they started running the ball a lot in the scrimmage lot. at the beginning, yeah. and then opened it up. I was like, I was like, I heard you guys were going to be spread all the time, and they yeah. were like, I don't know, the first half dozen plays or whatever were all runs, and I was like, where's the spread coming? Yeah, and then exactly. and then all of a sudden they they busted out those two. Like six foot five tight ends, 
that, that they, they were had actually had. really tall. Like I mean, they're pretty tall. I kind of looked and at James. I was like, they kind of remind me of Gong because the guy was freakishly they tall. They were they were big, and they would just run those tight ends on every single long, time, long routes <laughs> yes. into the end zone and just let them out jump defensive backs. Because and it worked most of the time. That's the thing. Pretty much ain't nobody got a 6'5 DB. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. So it's kind of interesting. Like, that came out of nowhere, too. So as soon as it came out of nowhere, I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of interesting. Like, compared to what they were just doing, when, like what James was saying, they were running it, running it, running it. All of a sudden, two tight ends on each side running different routes. Obviously, that's going to confuse a lot of DBs. And they were doing it against San Francisco Central. That's, I mean, that's pretty. I mean, dude, we'll see. An eight-man going against San Francisco and Central out of scrimmage doing that. We'll see what happens. James, yeah. what, what teams have uh, stood out for you in, in the camps that you've had a chance to get out to? Um, well, Frankfurt looked like they're going to be pretty good this season, I think. Um, they, they only return, I think, five starters on each side of the ball. But they've got Nick Stevenson coming back at quarterback. So they've got that experience built in there. Um, they're going to have, I think, a pretty good running t- tandem with Fletcher Anderson and Ashton Hollenbeck. Um, usually any time Frankfurt has had a Holland back at running back, they've been pretty solid. Um, Emerson Farmer is a good wide receiver threat for them, and they've got other good, pretty good wide receivers too, and like uh, Carter Kirby and stuff. And uh, they've got a couple linemen, a couple O linemen, and uh, I think three D linemen coming back this season. So I think they're a team that will definitely contend for a playoff spot, um, be there for the conference championship um, contention. For sure, uh, Lake City looks like a team I think that will be pretty solid. Uh, I know they weren't happy with how last season ended. Um, you know, they started out like three and zero and ended up five and four and missed the playoffs on points. Didn't get one of those uh, kind of wild card ones that you use the the points to get in on. Yeah, they were one of those teams last year that I remember <coughs> we were very excited about. Yeah, and, and then they showed it with that three and zero start, and then they started to hit some stiffer competition. And injuries. They got hit by a, a bunch of injuries, too. Um, so they had to make a change at quarterback. They had the running back was out for a few games and was dinged up a bit r- later on in the season. That had to affect, too. But, yeah, they also ran into some of the the meat of their schedule as well in the, in the later half of the season. But I think they're another team that will definitely contend for a playoff spot this year. Um, they want to get that sixth win so that they're in and just not not leave things... Uh, up to uh, to chance as much as tr- hoping you get in at five and four, because um, uh, one of the players that I talked to, uh, Darren Kunkel, was saying that, you know they watched the selection show, but they knew they weren't getting in. Wow! Did they watch it as a team? Uh, just a bunch of players. Him oh, okay. and him and a bunch of players got together. Like they they had it figured out, and they knew they weren't getting in, and they watched it just to see who got in, kind of. I think motivate themselves for this year, yeah, and, uh-huh. and to improve. And he takes over at quarterback this season. Uh, he, he played quarterback the last half of last year, um, but uh, that's a team I think that has that motivation, you know, to to get there. All right, moving on uh, to volleyball. Uh, curious, do we have any Battle Creek worthy teams? Any teams that could get to Kellogg Arena uh, and the the state finals, or at least the state? Uh, semifinals we've you know we, we have uh, Traverse City West uh, I, I feel like any team with Emily Bauman uh, as the head coach is going to be good and hunting for postseason glory she seems to be able to get the best out of her players while developing good relationships with them as well like they the players at, at West seem like they want to play for Emily which is a big thing for a coach and being able to do that uh, in, in high school when your roster is consistently turning over as much as it is. Um, you know, we've got them. Traverse City Central uh, with Natalie Bordeaux at Libero and Phoebe Humphrey as the outside hitter. They should be competitive, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, most of the matches that, that they're in. Traverse City St. Francis has Avery Nance and Gwyneth Bramer uh, coming back as well. I would have said Elk Rapids based on the run that they made last year. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you guys happen to read my story that was in the tab. Uh, they lost seven seniors. They had 14 players on varsity last year. Half of those were seniors. Um, and then they lost some of their best players, one, Lily Hoberg, to an ACL tear, which happened in the district championship game against St. Francis, which they won 
and stopped St. Francis's streak of nine consecutive district titles uh, and made it to a regional championship game uh, where they lost to Calumet, I believe, the, the Copper Kings. Uh, so Lily Hoberg torn ACL, she's out. Uh, and then you had uh, another player who just decided she didn't want to play volleyball this year, and then one of them moved to Japan for her father's job. So you had another one. And when I was talking to uh, uh, head coach Connie Gorno, she was like, yeah, I thought we would be coming in and ready to go, and now she feels like they're kind of back at square one. But they do have some solid players, definitely in the Yoakum sisters, uh, Riley and Haley. Uh, and Morgan Bergquist is great. Uh, Violet Summerix is great as well. So be interesting to see what that squad can do. I'm certainly, I'm, you know, they're a team that I'm, kind of, I'm rooting for because of the obstacles they've already had to face without even a game starting. Like, their obstacles started last season when Holberg went down with a torn ACL. Wow. Uh, you know, and since then it's just been a little bit more uh, and more for Elk Rapids. So well, we'll see. What's Leland going to be like this year, James? Do you have any idea? They've got our reigning rookie of the year in uh, Fiona Mord, uh, but... That's always a program that is a perennial state contender, but they had a bit of a lull. Yeah, last year they yeah, was was definitely a lull, especially for Leland standards. Uh, yeah, I guess I should say that. I should preface it by saying it, it wasn't for other programs, but Leland is always expected to be at Battle Creek. Yeah, they're, yeah, they just expect it's Battle Creek or bust every season. Um, and uh, I, I think they had a... An idea that they were going to be that there was going to be a lull last season, but and they had such a young they did it with such a young team though, which is the good thing, and I I think that they'll bounce back. They've they've got a bunch of height, which is something that even in the years that they go to the state title and they win the state title, they never had six footers. Now they've got multiple six footers in the middle. For the for the fr- I think for the first time ever in Lori Glass's coaching career, she has. How long has she been there now? It's been a long time. I mean, she played there in the 70s. Okay. Wow. And her daughter played there. And her daughter played there. And her daughter was not... She, her daughter ended up being over six foot tall, but that was not in high school. Okay. She was like 5'10", I think, in high school. And uh, grew quite a bit when she was at Penn State. But so uh, the way that they can game plan, and you give them a couple of six footers now who are athletic in the middle, and... Uh, you know, sky's sky's the limit. I think for Leland this season. Um, I think some of the other perennial teams that are good around here are also going to be very good in in Kingsley. I think that they will be solid. I mean, they have uh, you know they have the younger Leffler and uh, and a lot of other pretty good players on that team. And then I think Cadillac will be pretty competitive this season as well. I mean, they lost their All State Dream Team setter. Um, from a, from a year ago, but they're a team that has a bunch of height coming back as well. And they've got like, uh, like big time height, like not just not just six foot tall, like six three. <laughs> and you got Carissa Musta or or Musta. I'm not sure how you pronounce her last name. Yeah, Musta. I think it is. Yeah. yeah, Lake Sims. You know, big blocker in the middle. McBain will be an interesting team to watch. The uh, Annalise Frieden and uh, Gabriel Van Berkmos, I believe that's how it's... Uh, Ver Berkmos. Ver Berkmos, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yep. teams to watch. I think this is going to be a volleyball season where we need to get to some games or some matches, watch things play out as yeah. results come in, and see who's beating whom and what that... This is yeah. This is one where uh, there's a lot of question marks. We're waiting for those teams to show they're in a, uh, in, in a, an elite level. Yeah, I think Misek will be another team that from that from that league will be pretty good this year, um, based on what the, how they've kind of elevated their status as a program in the last couple of seasons. Hmm. All right, let's move on to cross country. Uh, who takes Julia Flynn's <coughs> place? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Easy enough. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to have to have a runner of the year in cross country, and it's not going to be Julia Flynn. Someone new. So uh, looking, I, I think yeah. right out of the gate, you look at Miley Kelly. 
in in Benzie Central. You look at Aiden Heron. Aiden Heron in Buckley. Yeah. Um, those are are you've got Alexis Ball from TC Central. She could take up the 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 mantle from her fellow Trojan Ava King uh, at, at TC West, and then um, but our our dark horse um, Adelaide. Uh, is it Gasho? Gosco? Gasho, I think it's Gasho. It's Gasho. Uh, from um, Johannesburg, Lewiston. But I think those those first two that we mentioned are, I mean, Miley Kelly comes from a running family. You know her definitely her father, uh, Asa Kelly is the head coach. Is the boys' coach, and her mom is the girls' coach. Right. <laughs> so they run yeah. in that family, and they run together. Right. Like you see them go into like five Ks and stuff like that all around. In the area, and all three of them run. And we had Miley Kelly on the podcast last year. She took up cross-country skiing just to stay in shape during the winter, you know, keep that endurance going. And she ended up being an incredible cross-country skier as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a dark horse. So I I don't know about dark horse. I I say, you know, uh, an early favorite. Aiden Heron was a state championship. Aiden Heron was a state champion in track and field, I think, two times over. Three times over, two or three times over. Uh, yeah, and she, I think she won a cross country title as a freshman. Uh, so she was the she was the D four uh, state runner up uh, last year, and I think she was all state as a freshman as well, at least. Yeah, at least all state. I think she may have even maybe even stuck in there. When um, another another runner in there is uh, Betsy Skenzel from St. Francis, mm-hmm. another another sophomore. So there's a lot of good young runners. Here, taking up that that mantle. I mean, Heron and Kelly are are only juniors. Ava King's only a junior. Alexis Ball's only a junior. Uh, you know, so uh, the on the girls' side, the top runners, aside from Gasho, are all juniors or less. Yeah. The other question that is re- probably requires just a very short answer, but does Hunter Jones go four for four in individual state championships? Oh, I'm gonna say yes. I say the only way he doesn't is if he oversleeps on that day and doesn't get to the meet. You know, either that or an injury. Knock on wood. We'll do that right now. But yeah, uh, I don't see him oversleeping. I mean, he's no. his dad's former military, so they're oh, pretty yeah, he's, pretty regimented. He's, he's dedicated. He that barely yeah. but like even over the summer. I was able to talk to him after one of the, the cherry mile. Yeah, yeah. Right after cherry mile, I was the first time I spoke with him, and I asked him if he even like took a vacation he said he only took a week and a half off when it went back to work yeah like, man dude, he ran in the train mile and then sleep, he, do you? he also ran in the festival races yeah and was going to do some yeah. other races this and he got summer. first place uh, this past weekend in the ryan shea mile so he's obviously he seems to be back in form and, and he's and committed to wake forest he he, <laughs> he runs uh in national competitions just as uh Julia Flynn did. So if he does, Jones right now is the only active three-time champion, which makes sense. Um, but he, he's one of 15 to win the state individual title in cross-country three times. If he does it this year, he'll be only the third, uh, to, and he'll join Ryan Shea, who you just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, who did it from yep. uh, 1993 to 1996. Uh, and then... Uh, Brimley's Austin Plotkin, and that was in the UP in D3, and he did that in division or in 2016 to 2019. So, wow. just in the history of Michigan sports, high school sports, he would be just the third person wow. to do it. So, and I think it's a fairly safe bet for him to do that. Pick up another two Record Eagle <laughs> Runners of the Year awards. Um, which yeah. would give him seven he, yeah, out he of eight. And the only reason he wouldn't have eight was Anthony Barry, I think. No. Was it? COVID. Nope. Oh, yeah. Oh, no season. Yeah, there was no season in 2020, so he didn't win runner of the year during the COVID season. Otherwise, he would go eight for eight, but he's going to yeah. go seven for seven. He collects those things like people, some kids collect baseball cards. <laughs> I don't even know. Like I'm, like I'm like, hey, man, you know, just doing the interview, I'm like, hey, what are we supposed to talk about? We've, we've I've written so many stories about you, but I, I don't say it like that. But you always find something. It's one of those things, you know. You always find you know. There's always more you can dig into. So, you know, yeah. someone as as interesting and, and dedicated and talented as that. So, all right. So that 
does uh, cross country really well. Not, I'm not saying that other there aren't going to be other great runners and there aren't going to be other possible state champions, but with, with Hunter Jones, uh, it, it seems like uh, a lock for another uh, D3 crown for yeah. the senior Husky. Yeah, I mean, Central and West, I think, will be pretty good as well in in cross country. But, yeah, I mean, in northern Michigan, the cross country world revolves around Hunter, Hunter Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that name as soon as I came here, so I was pretty in tune with who he was at, as soon as I got here. So. All right, moving on to boys' tennis. Uh, the big question is about our local St. Francis Gladiators. Do they repeat as state champions? I am going to have to say, yeah, why not? Why not? You know? Sure, just, yeah. Why not? Sure. Because, I mean, they have, although they lost a few of their seniors who helped them get there last season, it's still the same coach, same set of players from the previous season who helped. Owen Jackson's still there. Smoothie brother, he's grown. He learned a lot after watching his brother. He's prepared. Charlie's there. I mean, they have their core guys that help lead them there. So, honestly, why not? What's the vibe there? What it, was it? Was it their their like swagger and confidence? Were were the guys ready to get to loose? Work. Were no, they, they fun? They were, oh no, they they want to work. Were, they were get ready to get to work. Like as soon as I showed up, you see, you see all of them just out there, just taking practice reps or actually taking reps. Like they're prepared. They want. They know what it takes because I even told them, I was like, you know, you guys are state champs. Like, do you ever address yourself as state champs? Like, yeah, but we're on to the next. I'm like, all right, cool. So they're, they're happy they want it. They realize the, how long it's been. But, I mean, they, they're ready to get it again. That's why they scheduled so many hard teams because they want that experience. They want that competitiveness. They thrive off that. That state championship meant so much to those boys. Oh, I believe Like, it. you could see it on their faces. I, I mean, it, it mm-hmm. meant so much for them to be the group that did it. And yeah. you could see the, I mean, it was just, it was like a giddiness. Um, you know, they were so elated. And it was this, this sense of pride of not look what I did, but look what we oh, did. Yeah. And that was really cool about that program. It was really cool. I mean, even just showing, that was my first time actually going there, checking him out and meeting the coach. Coach was super nice. Coach was, he, t- I asked him, I was, and I, he told me this past weekend that they, he believed they have the most teams on their schedule in all of the state. They have roughly 43 teams. And that's a lot. All from ranging D1, 2, 3, 4, et cetera. And he wants that competition. The players want the competition. They saw it. They saw it in the, the playoffs and they want it again and they thrive off that and they're excited mm-hmm. so they're sitting at number one right now in the uh fall rankings for 2022 as of august 21st so that would have been yesterday sunday we're recording this on on monday they're sitting in uh in first place which is where they finished ranked uh, mm-hmm. last season as well uh local teams around here that have been that are, are, are in the rankings right now traverse city central in Division Two, they're ranked ninth. I don't see anyone in Division One for <laughs> us. Division Three, Petoskey is sitting at number ten, and then in Division Four, of course, we've got St. Francis at number one, and that is it. So yeah, we've got Central, TC Central, Petoskey, and St. Francis are all currently ranked by the Michigan High School Tennis Coaches Association. I can. Uh, you said we don't do hot takes. I'll say no. Okay. And not because I don't think they can't do it. It's just I saw how good they were for so consistently and how many times that team being really, really good finished second, third, fourth. Mm-hmm. And then they had that team last year that was pretty loaded, and they lost quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Cody Richards, uh, friend of the show, Tommy Pitts. Mm-hmm. Bunch, yeah. bunch of others, uh, you know. But I mean, Cody Richards is like a multiple-time state champion, uh, and so they lost a lot from that team. I think, I think they will still have a very good season. They they're loading up their schedule and playing every top ten ranked team they can, going down state and playing teams a lot, yeah, and everything. So I'm not saying they can't. I just it's a lot you've, you've seen. You've seen how, from how good they are how hard it is to actually do it. Yeah. 
And and tennis is one of those sports where an off day sends you home. Yeah. And that's why it's so impressive because you you don't realize how much they have to play, how much they have to practice. It is grueling. Grinding. Grind. It's interesting. Oh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do after just loading up their schedule, playing against most the best teams in all of the states. So we'll see what happens. All right, move on to uh, boys soccer. Uh, looking at again as, as for this for the preview title contenders. Any surprises that you see? We'll look at uh, Traverse City West. Uh, always a perennial good soccer program. Off to a uh, quick two-no start uh, in the regular season with a pair of shutouts beating. Uh, Sault Ste. Marie, 8 to nothing, and then Marquette, 4 nothing. That was just this past uh, Saturday that mm-hmm. they took out uh, Marquette. So both road victories. They open up at home on Wednesday. They host uh, Oxford, uh, yeah, in their home opener. Um, how are we feeling about West? Uh, I know that uh, Petoskey already has five games underneath its belt. None of them are conference games. I don't think the Big North Conference schedule has started yet. Petoskey's sitting at uh, three and two. Meanwhile, Alpena and Traverse City Central haven't played a game yet. <laughs> so, but they get started, I think, tomorrow, uh, so Tuesday. Of course, we're recording on Monday. Like I said, you've got other teams like Elk Rapids and what they did last year with uh, their deep run into the postseason. I'm sure they're going to be wanting another one of those. Traverse City Christian hmm. uh, should be good, and we'll find out just how good they are when they have to go up against Muskegon Western Michigan Christian, which I believe. Finished in the top one or Perennial two. powerhouse. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Um, and one other team that's a team that started off the season pretty well is McBain Northern Michigan Christian. Yeah. Um, you know, and they had that they had that run last year where they got to the quarterfinals, I believe it was. And uh, so they they had a nice run last season. Uh, they returned Blake DeZoo and, and some other pretty good players from that team. So I think they're another team that can do that. Um. Like you said, of course, TC West. I think I think Petoskey will be a, a, a contender in the Big North Conference. Um, getting those early games is is big. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not shying away from people. How much of an upper hand do you think <coughs> that is? I mean, at least early on in the season, when you've got five, you've played five games, and then you're going up against a team like Alpena or TC Central that hasn't played uh, a live game yet. It, I think it's pretty big. I mean, especially in an endurance game like soccer is. Um, you know, conditioning, I think, plays a bigger part of soccer and football as much as any sport mm-hmm. that there is. And to get those early games in, and Petoskey played four of those five games in one day. Yeah, they played a lot of games. <laughs> Obviously, they were, pro- they were tournament games, so they were shortened a little bit. Oh, yeah. They weren't full-length matches. Um, but still, that's, that's a lot of games. That, that gets you going, and... To have those games under your belt is, a, is an advantage, especially playing teams who have not had that so far. All right, so that uh, wraps up our fall sports preview. If you didn't get enough of our conversation, make sure you check out the fall sports uh, special section tab that has been released. Uh, came out in Sunday's uh, edition, the August 21st edition of the Traverse City Record Eagle. Uh, make sure that you pick it up where you can uh, for the next day. Uh, that'll be off the shelves by uh, Wednesday, but you can still come here to the Record Eagle office at 120 West Fun- Front Street and pick up a copy. Uh, let us now move ahead to some of the games uh, this week uh, that we'll be hopefully covering out at as much as we can. Weather seems like it's going to be fairly cooperative <laughs> throughout the week, which will uh, be nice. Um, Looking at the schedule, is there anything that kind of stands out uh, on any of these first couple of days, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, before we get into uh, football on Thursday and Friday? Um, well, we've got a couple of good matchups like we talked about uh, before the show when we were talking. Um, on Tuesday, we had a hard time making up our minds where to send our photographer, photographer on Tuesday because we, you know, we had the, the big... Uh, Volleyball tournament at uh, Frankfurt, you know, with TC Christian, Buckland, Buckley, and McBain NMC, which is another team that's started out pretty quickly in, in volleyball as well. Um, and so in volleyball, you've got that. And then. Oak Rapids versus Petoskey. And then, yeah, Oak Rapids against Petoskey. In, uh, so- in Oak Rapids. Yeah, the boys' Under soccer. Under the lights, yeah, for boys' soccer. 
um, is that other one. So those are two kind of prime time things going head to head on Tuesday. Wednesday, I, I like the the Buckley Traverse City Christian boys soccer matchup. Uh, I Buckley uh, with Josh Romelia. We're gonna call him Josh from now on, <laughs> just so be prepared for that, John. Uh, you're now Josh. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna own that mistake, or just call him JJ, uh, <laughs> like Joshy John. I'll, I'll, I'll call him uh, I'll call him uh, Pastor Vermilia. I'll do that. Be go. very respectful. Yeah. There uh, go. So Buckley versus Traverse City Let's Christian go. should be good, especially since, uh, like I said, uh, Traverse City Christian seems like they want some really good competition this year. When, if they're gonna oh, yeah. mm-hmm. they're gonna schedule Muskegon Western Michigan Christian, sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We, you know what those two teams have. Buckley always, John always has. Josh, sorry, John, didn't mean to call you by your your JJ, your correct JJ. name. Nickname. Uh, Josh always has his players ready to go. <laughs> I'm gonna stop it. I swear. <laughs> um, but yeah. he does. He always has his players ready to go. He and he loves the game of soccer. He really does to a point that I've. I mean. He has got such a love for that game, and he loves teaching it. He loves coaching it, and he loves the boys and girls who play it. Yeah, we kind of. He he really gets into it. Yeah, I was going to say, I got to talk to him. He was basically talking about soccer for almost like 40 minutes. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. He'll he'll, he'll go on and on. He'll he'll let you. He'll talk about soccer for as long as you will let him. Oh, yeah, I know. I have will. Talk about soccer. We should call him the Minister of Defense. (laughs) (laughs) Because Buckley is always good at defense. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. Um, yeah, Buckley's had a pretty good start to the season. They they did have a loss to uh, McBain NMC, but again, yeah. McBain NMC is a very very good team, and it was a a one goal game. Um, Manistee is another team that has started off pretty decent early. I mean, yeah. they they had what a three nothing win over yep. North Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if they're going by Sutton's Bay or North Bay this year yet. Neither we'll, do we'll I. find out. Yeah, I'll ask Tony. <laughs> but yeah, that's a pretty good game. And Buckley, I think, is one of those teams who will be heard from around here. And I, th- you know, I think Leland will bounce back as well. Uh, no, Wednesday, boys tennis, uh, St. Francis hosting Big Rapids, North Muskegon, and Petoskey uh, in a quad. And then volleyball, uh, Charlevoix, Manton, and Roscommon uh, at Kingsley. So we've talked about Kingsley and the potential that they have uh, this season. Uh, Manton and Charlevoix as well. We don't know, mu- I don't want know much about uh, Roscommon. We they're not in our coverage area. Uh, but that should the be the Bucks against the Stags. Always a always a good uh, always a good matchup when you can have a couple of antlered mascots go head to head. All right, so let's uh, let's get into Thursday. Thursday we get into it. We've got football starting on Thursday and Friday. Uh, I I look at the McBain Kingsley game, and for me that is going to be very telling for both of those programs because I think it will give us a good idea of where those teams are going to be this season and that's why James you're going out to cover it yeah I think that'll be a good game I mean you know we know uh, Tim we're always slow plays it every year and doesn't know you know I don't know how good we're going to be this year and then they're really good (laughs) (laughs) you know he did that this year again too Maybe, I think from the way you were talking about, maybe seemed a little bit more worried than normal. They lost nine starters on both sides of the ball. Wow. Yeah. The good thing that Kingsley has, though, about losing starters is their JV team and their youth football team all run the same offense. So those kids come in right. knowing the yeah. knowing what they what they need to do, and it's just dialing it in. Well, one of the things that Tim said to me was that during when they did the Hanson cap, the three days when they go away for camp, um, when they did the Hanson cap, it was the most that he's ever spent on film and chalkboard sessions, like really teaching the the game. But he said to me, he's like, I think the quote was, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jim's and the Joe's. That's a good quote. And so it's about, he's like, if we can create the strongest athletes if we can get them to their their potential we can teach them how to play football if they're strong and they're fast we can teach them how to play football yep and that offense doesn't have to have big giant offensive linemen to be able to move the ball and we've seen over the last few years 
they haven't had big giant offensive linemen, and they've still moved the ball in that that wing T offense with the the deception and the motion that they get out of it. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be a good game, and you know McBain's a rival for them. Um, it's a traditional first game of the season for them for years. So this is a it is a big game for getting out on the on the right foot for both of these teams. Um, you know, Glen Lake and Kalkaska will be another one I think that's interesting. Just both of these teams are looking to to bounce back. You know, Kalkaska was admittedly not very good last year. Glen Lake last year was the worst that they've fared in decades. Yeah, I was going to say in your time as a yeah. on the sports desk. You know, here. And they've got a new coach in Gary Gala, and uh, you know, so hopefully that helps speed things around you know he's got experience as an assistant there for quite a long time as also the softball coach at Glen Lake um, so that's a, a game where both of those teams want to get out on a on good foot in that week one and we've got uh, the rest of the schedule on the 11 man side Elk Rapids at Harbor Springs Ludington at Petoskey Grayling at Roscommon uh, Trevor City West is opening the season on a Thursday at home against Marquette and Jordan will be at that game on the eight-man side, Misick at Baldwin, Pickford at Gaylord St. Mary, uh, the aforementioned uh, Norseman of Sutton's Bay, at Grand Rapids, North Point Christian, uh, whom they beat last season. Onakama is back in football this year. Uh, they will take on Manistee Catholic Central. Those are your eight-man games. Uh, moving on to Friday, uh, you know, that's... Friday Night Lights, that is back. That is what it is all about. Ogbaugh um, Heights, Traverse City, St. Francis, that's where you're going to be, James. We've talked about St. Francis uh, at, at length. Uh, I, I see that as a win for the Gladiators. I don't know if anybody disagrees. I think so. You know, the talking to the players and the coaches, they're doing, the, obviously, they've got to look one game at a time. We can't overlook anybody. But that's a little hard when you got Okama Heights, who's a team that you've pretty routinely <laughs> beaten by quite a bit. Yeah, and then week and two then is week when they get to Jackson Lumen Christie, Lumen right? Christie. Yeah. Yeah, on the road. Wow. So, yeah, you, so yeah you've got that. So <clears throat> I think they'll just look to come in, take care of business on that game, and move on to Lumen Christie. And I don't think there is any way that they are overlooking Ogama Heights. Uh, no. Josh Sellers just will not let that happen. No, they just know they need to come in and take care of business then first, and then... Yep. And then on to the next. Yeah. yeah. They're like, we need, we need to uh, eat our vegetables before we can get to the, the meat of the entree. And that is what Jackson Lumen Christie is going to be. Other games on Friday, Boyne City at Benzie Central, Charlevoix at East Jordan, Manton at Hesperia, Mancelona at Johannesburg Lewiston, Gaylord at Lake Fenton, Holton at Manistee, Frankfurt, who we were just talking about, at Mason County Central, Cadillac at Midland, uh, the Traverse City Central Trojans have a home game at Ferris State University, where they'll be taken on St. Joseph, and then, yes, uh, Ogama Heights and Traverse City St. Francis, 7 o'clock, Thurlby Field. On the eight-man side, uh, only two area games, Brethren at Central Lake and Pelston at Forest Area. Uh, on that day... Uh, we will also be sending Jordan out to go cover the uh, TC Bulldogs uh, soccer team. They're taking on Manistee at home, and we'll make sure we give them some coverage as well. Coming up Saturday is the Pete Moss Invitational. Huge cross-country meet with, uh, I mean, a couple dozen teams at this point. Yeah, it's one of the biggest cross-country uh, meets up northern Michigan. So uh, if you're a, a running fan, that's definitely something to be able to go and, and watch on uh, a Saturday morning. Oh. All right. And well, I Jordan, I think we'll be at the TC West football game on Thursday, right? Yep. Correct. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see what how TC West comes out this season. They you know they lost a lot. I was going to say what they lost a lot from last season. Michael Skirmerhorn, Will Gaston, Brandon Konchak, any any number of other guys off of that team. But they do have Kyler Brunin, who is I think th- probably the best offensive lineman coming back in the area. Um. So. That's a nice building block, you know. Vaughn will have that team prepared. And uh, what Bruins got a D one offer too? Yeah. Oh wow. Yep, Division one offer already. Um, so, so he's one of the. Okay. Wow. One of the guys that they can rely on. Rely on there early in the game and that's uh, nice. against the Marquette team. It's that's pretty solid. But in recent years, you know, Traverse City teams have 
have handled them. All right, we will bring back the Athletes of the Week, our Get Around Hall of Fame. We'll bring that back next week. Now that with this week we've got a full slate of uh, fall sports that we can come over and see who is worthy of being named to the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Uh, so we'll start again that again next week. Uh, for now, we'll end the show, wrap things up now with the trifecta. Curious to know from your guys' uh, perspective, looking at just sports in whole, uh, what are some of the more difficult to ones to play? And I'll go kind of off the uh, beaten path here with like the the main ones that we know. But I feel like water polo would be very difficult to play because like you can't you you're not standing. You're swimming the whole time and you're trying to throw a ball. This this is what happened over the weekend. Uh, I was at Houghton Lake on Saturday with a couple of friends, and we decided to take one of my buddies' pontoon boats out. Now the problem was, uh, we couldn't get it started for number the the fir- so we were just sitting there. I thought the, the way that it sounded, it sounded like he had flooded the engine when he tried to start it. So I was like, give it 15 minutes, then we'll try it again. And we did that, but that time it turned over way less. And so we figured out we eventually figured out it was the battery. We had to run two extension cords from the house onto the dock and then open huh. up the get access to the battery, charge it up for a little bit. We charged it up for. I don't know. We charged it up for a while where we thought we would be okay. We got, we went out there, we're on the boat, and the five of us were all like, I think it's fine. We can turn off the engine. Did you get stranded? We did. Wow. We're like, I, I'm like, we can, we're, it's fine. All of us, and all of us agreed. All of us were very stupid, and all <laughs> of us were like, it's totally fine. There's no way the engine's not going to start if we stop it. I mean that would be ridiculous. All all of us, uh, with uh, without a functioning brain cell between us, for some reason. So we get out. We're jumping. We're you know we're swimming, and I'm realizing how old I am because it's I'm finding it very difficult since I can't. You I I mean, the water is over our heads, and I'm finding it very difficult to get back onto the boat. Uh, and the first time I get back on, and I'm, I'm huffing and puffing, like, uh, it was, um, it was a reality check and an ego check. And I'm like, all right, man, well, this is how old you are now. And you can't do the things that you could when you were 28. Um, but so we're in there and we decided, I'm like, all right, well, you know, we're head, ready to head back and turns the key, nothing. We are dead in the water and we're probably... Seven, eight hundred yards away from shore, you know, and uh, the the guy with the boat decides he's like, you know what, I'll I'll get out, I'll I'll drag us back in, and he gets out, and it seems like we're moving, and we're like, all right, everybody get in, and we'll do it. And what I realized now is how funny that must have looked if you were above us because the only thing I could compare it to would be like a bunch of goldfish trying to move a rock (laughs) because that's what it was. We weren't able to get any momentum. Every time that we were pushing the boat forward, all I was doing was really pushing myself back. The boat was way too big for any of us to move without the benefit of being grounded. None of us were grounded, so we were all just swimming. And... I got tired in like 30 seconds of trying to do this, and all of us did. We're all, you know, uh, I th- five, four of the five of us are in our, our, our mid-30s. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't know. But we're, we're older, you know, and we're trying to do this, and it just did not work, and it made me realize, like, how do guys play water polo? How do they swim for that long? Because I was kicking my feet for 30 seconds and pushing against the boat that wasn't going anywhere. By the time we got back on the boat, on the pontoon boat, it had drifted farther away. Oh, that's worse. Yeah. We thought we were making progress, only to find out that, nope, we didn't. And finally we were able to uh, snag someone down, and uh, they gave us a tow back. And they were very excited because they got, they, they were like, oh, I didn't know we were... I didn't know we were in the presence of celebrities. Cause talking about some of the, the TV uh, people that were with us, no one knew who I was, but they, you know, the the, the TV people that I was with uh, were were recognized, and uh, it that's was funny. yeah, it was quite entertaining. So yeah, that I know that that story. I don't know how roundaboutly it got to uh, water polo, but I just 
good for those guys who can swim for that long and throw a ball accurately. <laughs> wow. Uneventful Saturday, it seems like. It was. Wow. So, yeah, are there any sports for you guys that you find, like, uh, that are the most difficult to play? Hockey, I would probably oh, I throw on hockey. there. Uh, polo with the horses seems difficult. I've never understood croquet. Someone has to explain euchre to me every time. I know it's not a sport, but, like, that's always difficult for me to play because, like, someone always has to explain it to me. Cricket. Cricket, I've never, yeah. I've never really fully understand it. I just know they hit the ball and it goes straight before you get some points. I might be wrong, but I've tried watching it. It's, it's very hard. It's to a little confusing. Very confusing. But it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem as like physically taxing. No. It's trying to move a boat in the water. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, or even hockey. Even hockey. Yeah, I think I think one. people who dem- who have never played hockey don't realize how exhausting skating is. Skating at, is very skating exhausting. at full speed. Yes. All the time is is very exhausting. There's yeah. a reason why they only do like forty second shifts. Yeah, it's like, oh hey, here's a slippery surface. <laughs> it's just dead. And then try to do this thing, and get this small black piece of rubber past a guy wearing every pad imaginable. While someone is hitting you. Well, yeah, while well, yeah, while well, someone's trying to knock you on your ass. Yeah. It's a pretty tiring sport. Yeah, uh, that has to be up there as far as like most difficult sports to play. Hockey was. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I could never play soccer. It's just, I couldn't run that much. Yeah, you, you run more in a soccer game, I think, than in a cross country meet. Yeah, I was gonna say cross country, especially if you're a midfielder, where you gotta go back, you've gotta go up, basically to play to support the forwards, and then you gotta go back to support the defenseman, and you're going almost. Back yeah, and, forth and you got to use your feet. You don't get to use your hands yeah. in soccer. No, you can't. It's not allowed. I have a tough time Handball. walking. My feet Handball. don't cooperate sometimes when I'm trying to walk. Like I don't think it's going to help very much when I'm trying to kick a ball accurately. Yeah, and then a few times a game because of that, you get basically punched in the head by yeah. a flying object. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's mini great. concussion after mini concussion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say cross-country, too, because I know I told Hunter Jones this when I first met him. I can't do what you do, and this is why I'm in the field that I am in now, just to watch you do basically break every record. It seems like he's continuing to keep breaking. So. Covering the elite of the elite. So, All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that will wrap up our first episode back, episode 222 of the Get Around Podcast. Oh, we didn't oh, – we got to do that thing that we uh, we forgot at the, uh, at the top of the show. So we always uh, – guess what the area code is and since we're episode 222 uh james you picked virginia oh yeah you picked florida jordan and i took maine so area code 222 is in the west african nation of mauritania who won't even in the states so yes why you should ignore calls from area code 222 because that area code comes from the we were way off. I don't. I, I mean, who was even closest? Um, Florida. I said Florida. I mean, if that's Florida was probably closest let's go. to Mauritania. <laughs> that would be that would be the guess. So Florida Keys. Jordan Jordan gets the win for being hey, for being you. closest. All right. So what are our what are our guesses now for area code two two three? Are we are we staying on this continent? After I mean, the last one, I don't. Mm, I'm gonna have to. Man, I don't. Ooh. I'm gonna stick with my pick. I'm gonna since uh, it didn't come through the last time. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna say Maine for two two three. Oh, two two three. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and just say Alabama. Just to say Alabama. Alabama. Anchors football Saturday. What was it that I guessed last time? You guessed Virginia. Virginia. I'll stick with Virginia because eventually maybe I'll be right. That's why I went back to to Maine because it was, I'm like, all right. I mean, we safely eliminated Mauritania because I can't imagine that has more than one area code. Yep. I mean, advice to all of our listeners out there. If you get a call from a phone number with a 222 area code, do not pick it up. (laughs) And with that, we will end 
episode 222 of the Get Around Podcast. I've been your host, Brendan Queeley, alongside me, James Cook, and Jordan Puente. Make sure that you check out uh, Sunday's edition of the Record Eagle, pick up our fall sports special section, and follow us for all of the best coverage of all the best sports in northern Michigan. And thank you for listening. Episode 222 is in the books.